engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. And you can get the show notes and podcast by texting the word show to 444-999. So I just literally, as the show is starting, Bo Snurdly texts me. Y'all, the world needs to burn. And begin again a new, newest fashion trend. Dress shirts, dresses, pleated skirts, and high heels for men. Y'all, these are men in skirts and high heels and dresses. And this is the latest fashion trend for men. No, it is not. Avoid, I mean, burn it with fire. Just, my goodness, horrible. Okay. I'm sorry, distracted. (laughs) Perfect timing for a text message. All right, we have a lot of news today, and I need to begin with the Georgia Dome because it's gone. And I don't have anything to add to all of the other commentary other than why, oh, why do taxpayers build these magnificent buildings for private companies and then tear them down when they build new ones for private companies instead of making the private companies build everything themselves to begin with? But did you see the weather change? Because this video clip is making the rounds today. The The Weather Channel had a, a, a camera, a live feed across the street from the Georgia Dome. It was street level. There was a crowd. The camera was raised somewhat so you could see above the crowd to the Georgia Dome uh, for the explosion. They were running this live feed on the Weather Channel. And just as they push the button to begin the implosion, a Marta bus pulls up and blocks the camera feed. <laughs> so all you see is this dust cloud, a little bitty bit of the roof cave in on itself. Uh, meanwhile, WSB TV and radio has a helicopter in the air uh, where we're getting uh, the good view of it. My goodness. It was just the timing of this Marta bus could not have been any better to just ruin the Weather Channel's day, and it did. Now, we have new allegations coming up to date, not about Roy Moore, not about, we got an Al Franken one, but Charlie Rose. So I'm going to pivot. I actually, I had an outline for all the stuff I wanted to cover today and the order I wanted to cover them, and I am going to pivot right now. Um, Charlie Rose is being accused by eight women of sexually harassing them with nudity, groping, lewd phone calls, uh, rudeness, um, flattery, and uh, fury, they're calling it. This is, you know, I have a provision in my contract with Fox that I can go on Charlie Rose's show whenever. Um, And I've never actually exercised that clause uh, because my schedules have never linked up. Uh, I don't know Charlie Rose well. I'm... His old producer's brother is one of my very good friends, and so I've gotten to know them that way. But I just, I'm shocked about this, and I will tell you, I'm shocked about another one as well. Uh, a, a friend of mine who you are reading about in the newspapers, Wes Goodman, in Ohio. And he is a Christian, conservative, family values, was elected official, and has resigned his position for having uh, sexual relations with a man in his office. 
And text messages and screenshots are coming forward now that he was leading a double life, um, hooking up with men. Um, I'm assuming behind his wife's back. And I, I, I say all this because, you know, Wes, I've known for a while. I would have never expected that. Charlie, I don't know well, but I've always gotten along with, uh, even when we disagree on, on certain things. But just uh, people can be leading double lives, and you never know. And that is why I'm, I'm somewhat skeptical. I, I've been getting angry emails from people. Why aren't you believing Roy Moore over over the, these women? Well, I, this is one reason why I think you got to pause and consider how well do you know some of the people you think you know? More and more of this every day, it seems like another one. There are more of these allegations coming out about other people, prominent people in the press, in Hollywood and elsewhere. Um, it goes on and on. And we've got audio from one from the 14-year-old victim uh, talking about why she didn't come forward about Roy Moore sooner than now. Now, I, I want to play this audio. I am going to make no judgment upon it i just want to ask you to judge for yourself set aside your political views how credible would this person be on the witness of decades stand? and of course it has been decades that you've yes. held this secret there will be people watching who say why now why not bring this up over the last few years, particularly when Roy Moore, who was a rising star in Alabama politics, ran for election, was a chief justice of the Supreme Court, right. and they say, it doesn't add up. Why wait? How do you respond to that? Well, it's very simple, really. Um, I did tell people. Um, my family knew. Uh, family friends knew. Um, my friends knew. Um, I spent a lot of time every time he came up um, railing against, you know, him and what he had done to me when I was 14 years old. Um, my children were small. I was a single parent. And when you're in that situation, um, you do everything you can to protect your own. And um, I sat in the courtroom, in the courthouse parking lot and thought, you know, I'm going in, I'm going to confront him. Years and later, you thought like about 2000, it. This is like 2000, 2001, and I wanted to walk into his office and say, hey, remember me? You know, you need to knock this stuff off. You know, I need to go public. Um, my children were small, so I didn't do it. Um, the second time, um, I actually sat down with my children who were then uh, junior high and elementary school and I told them, you know, high overview and um, gave them the ability to make the decision. They were afraid that um, with all of their social connections that they would be castigated in their groups. You, you had to tell your kids I, I had something to about kids. what had happened. Right. And we decided together that we wouldn't do it at that time. She goes on to say that she never would have told her story now except the Washington Post contacted her uh, to clear up rumors, and she told them she refused to speak until uh, they had other people willing to come forward. They got other people willing to come forward, and she was then willing to uh, go public in the Washington Post. Um, the big issue here, though, big takeaway, is that she hasn't been silent. She's talked about this for a long time. Now, 
you can make up your mind as to whether or not you think she's credible. The Today Show, though, does have her on the record now as to why she waited so long to come forward and what was going on in her head. So there you have it. Uh, Lee Korfman, uh, who was 14 when she claims Roy Moore uh, molested her, has finally come forward on the Today Show this morning. <sighs> now... I can check the box. We've talked about our daily Roy Moore story. We can move on to Al Franken. You know, the Al Franken story is clarifying because we're finally seeing just how tribal this stuff is. A bunch of Democrats who have been lecturing Republicans for weeks on end about Roy Moore are suddenly saying, "Uh, we don't believe the accusers. And besides, even if what they say happened, well, Al Franken's good for them anyway, so he needs to stay where he is. It's a very clarifying moment, don't you think? It's 25 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go back to the phones, shall we? Terry and Jefferson, you're going to be up first today. Welcome. Hey, how's it going, Eric? Good, how are you? All right. Hey, I have one quick question. With all these predators, and I'm talking about Harvey Weinstein and Franken and Bill Cosby, they had this um, predatory behavior from the time they were young till recent. I mean, all three of them had very recent people. How come they can't find anybody on Roy Moore more recent than 40 years ago? That is a good question. And I suspect uh, that despite efforts, in fact, there have been two people who came forward and said he had inappropriate contact with them uh, in the 90s, although their claims are more disputed than the earlier ones. I think yep. marriage did Roy more good. And and I think they're going to keep digging. I think we're going to see even more women that they're going to try to get out there to say something. And but like I said, hey, they got to find something that's more provable, more recent. Well, you know, look at the Al Franken stuff that's come out today. Now there's a lady in Minnesota who says that at, I think it was the Minnesota State Fair. He inappropriately touched her while taking a picture, grabbed her bottom. Uh, they're they're throwing George H.W. Bush to the wolves over doing that in the 90s. This is Al Franken from 2010. And it's so clarifying, isn't it? Democrats are out there today saying, but, you know, Al Franken's a champion for women's rights. We have to stand with Al Franken. I mean, why should voters in Alabama reject Roy Moore when... Al Franken's not going to resign, and Democrats are attacking his accusers. Why should any voter in Alabama be forced to throw out Roy Moore? Now, I, listen, I hear some of you yelling, and it's my answer, too, because it's still the right thing to do. Just because their side won't do it doesn't mean that our side should do the same. Our ways are not their ways. But for a lot of voters in Alabama— and there's a great article, by the way, in the Boston Globe today, where they got uh, some preachers, called a bunch of pastors in Alabama. One of them gave a horrific quote that, well, you know, that 14-year-old, she might have looked like a 20-year-old. That's that's not a justification. Statutory rape is still illegal. But there were some pastors who said, look, what do you want us to do? The other guy supports abortion rights, transgender bathroom rights, gay marriage, uh, and he thinks Christians can be put out of business for refusing to bake a cake for gay marriage. Do you want us to go with that guy or go with Roy Moore? And I, how I can't 
really fault them that logic. Now, I would say trust in God, not a politician. You can't change America by changing Washington. you got to change Washington by changing America, and Christians are doing better than that. But I really can't fault them the logic. I mean, you're trying to pick between the lessers of two, two evils. Seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. Them's the numbers. Um, I want to do something somewhat different tonight um, for the rest of the show, uh, and that is, I am happy to take phone calls if you have questions, concerns, problems, or suggestions regarding your Thanksgiving dinner. I am happy to advise. Uh, you also have the Butterball Hotline, but I mean, <laughs> I've been going to the gym, so slightly less of Butterball here, but still, we can laugh at it. 404-872-0750-1800, WSB Talk. I am happy to take those questions. Uh, in addition to the news of the day here that we've got to cover, including the the speech Nazis coming for yours truly, uh, we'll delve into that. But first, I want to go, because I was going to talk about this topic anyway. Kim, welcome. How are you? Thank you, thank you. I'm very good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I want to know what you know about the possibility of opening up the records of this congressional slush fund that they have used to buy the silence of people who have been uh, sexually harassed and, you know, various iterations of that. Uh, I want to know who these people are. They're spending millions of our dollars, and they have no right as aggressors, they're paying someone off. They were paying off with their old money, fine. But they're paying it off with our money. Yeah, and you know what, Kim? By the way, the initial press reports... I think got it slightly wrong. My understanding is that that those millions of dollars a year are just the House of Representatives. The Senate has not released its numbers. Well, I'd like to hear about both of them. Would yes, you? I agree. And, and Kim, thanks very much for the phone call. For those of you who don't know what Kim is talking about, uh, congressional auditors have released the number of harassment settlements, uh, sexual assault and indecent behavior settlements over the last two decades or so, I mean, going back to the early 2000s. And it is staggering in some years, uh, two dozen settlements, millions of dollars paid out over this time, and we don't know the names. And from what we are told... It appears not just to be members of Congress, but also privileged staff members who kept their jobs. Now, I think we have a right to know the names, and we have a right to know who it was. And we should be demanding our members of Congress come forward on this. And this goes full circle back to, let me spend a little more time here real quick on the Al Franken situation. So we have another accuser for Al Franken. And Democrats are coming forward now and because he's one of the powerful. And by the way, here's the thing about Al Franken. If Al Franken were to resign his seat, a Democratic governor would appoint another Democrat who would easily win re-election. There's nothing to be lost with Al Franken. See, on the Roy Moore side, if Roy Moore loses, 
Uh, someone is, is uh, my buddy Fred asked, what about a FOIA? For, if Congress is exempt from Freedom of Information Act requests, so you can't file a Freedom of Information Act request to Congress and get it back, uh, Congress only applies FOIA to the executive branch. Um, so in any event, there's nothing for the Democrats to lose on Al Franken quitting the Senate because they'll get another Democrat. With Roy Moore, the Republicans are down one in the Senate, so the stakes are higher there for Roy Moore. And, by the way, the claims are much older, decades older, 40 years old. Here we've got immediate, I mean, within the last decade, complaints about Al Franken, and Democrats are circling the wagon saying, nope, nope, nope. I mean, I listen, yes, it would be the right thing to do in Alabama. It would be the right thing to do for people to say, you know what? I'm not condoning this behavior. I can't bring myself. I believe the victims, that they sound credible. Uh, if, if that's your position and just stay home, not say, well, I'm going to go with. It's not the lesser of two evils. It's the evils of two lessers we're choosing between. But I look, I I'm this Al Franken thing. I don't know why they think any Republican should throw Roy Moore overboard. You can say it's the right thing to do, but in the matter of tribal American politics, it becomes a real hard case to say you're standing by Al Franken. Well, I'm going to stand by my guy. Back to the phones. I was hoping I would get this. Ellen Marietta, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm a gravy expert, you know. Well, I heard you maybe a couple months ago, or um, give tips on it, and then I forgot, and I was like, oh, I hope he says it again. So when you just offered your advice again. I was like, I got a call. Okay, this is easy. And, and by I'll put it up at the resurgent as well. But it, okay. gravy is really easy. So here's what you need to do. Uh, two sticks of butter. Okay. Melt them in a large skillet over medium heat. Okay. And then add in half an onion to a full onion. Uh, white or yellow, sweet onion. And just cook it for about 30 minutes. Get it uh, really tender and browned. Okay. Now, if you want to save some time, you can go on and do that tomorrow and put it in a Tupperware dish, put it in the refrigerator until Thursday. All uh, right, that sounds good. Yeah, but then what you do is you take that that butter-onion mixture and you get it really hot in the skillet or just keep cooking past 30 minutes if you do it all at one time. Add two tablespoons of flour. Okay. And keep the whisk the flour in for about two minutes. And remember, you got to add the flour before you add any other liquids because if you add water, the flour will get lumpy. If you add flour directly into fat like butter, it'll absorb the the butter and it won't stick to each other, so you won't get lumpy gravy. So cook it for two to three minutes just to get the raw flavor out, and then pour in four cup, two to four cups, depending on how many people you're feeding, two to four cups of chicken stock okay heat it in the microwave first so that it's not cold and then pour that into the flour butter onion mixture and just stir that for about five minutes so it'll get thick and you've got gravy if you want to if you want to kick it up a little bit add a tablespoon of heavy cream thank you so much that's I it i really appreciate it well you're welcome now here, here's one thing for you if if you got a lot of people uh, I would really recommend a tablespoon of flour per cup of stock. So if okay. you've got, if you're going to use four cups of, of stock because you got a lot of people coming, use four tablespoons of flour because you don't want it too runny, but you don't want it too pudding-like either. Um, but make sure you put the flour in after the, the butter and the onions are brown because if you put stock in before the flour, you're going to have lumpy, lumpy gravy. 
That's what I always get. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Take care. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Who knew? I was hoping we would talk about I love making gravy. It's the one thing I actually like to make because it's very chemistry-like to make it and not get lumps. We'll be back. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. I want to go back to the phones real quick. Shirley, we only have about a minute, but wanted to go on and get to you. Welcome. Hi, Shirley. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Shirley, I only have, I've got less than a minute, but wanted to. Okay. I wanted some healthy desserts to offer because there's so much butter and everything else. And I would just like some suggestions. That's all. Um, You know, so... Easy suggestions are use fruit recipes and decrease the amount of um, of sugar in them. Uh, you can do that okay. with most fruit recipes if you reduce them down or sweet potatoes even. In fact, if you put in a little, a couple of tablespoons of brown sugar instead of heavy on the sugar in a sweet potato pie, it'll turn out just as well. And remember, you can substitute like agave and honey for sugar in a one-to-one ratio as long as you're not baking. So you can substitute in the refined sugar that way. been suspended from cbs pbs is suspending distribution of a show y'all you know i have i would really like to do a tv show um and i just maybe you got to go out and 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 treat people badly in order to get one and and wait years for it's just good gracious the number of people in the tv industry and the news industry who have behaved this way and i have always liked charlie rose and am disappointed to hear this it is just something to behold my goodness now i realize this is the evening news and there are news headlines to cover including uh the president has decided to send b-52 bombers to afghanistan to blow up the poppy fields to destroy a crop uh, that the taliban profits from I will get into those things, but I feel the need to say something else first. And I am, I will take your calls tonight, in addition to all the news of the day, on cooking for Thanksgiving. I am happy to do so. Um, the phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I, I want to say this. I was at the grocery store yesterday, and virtually every magazine has a turkey on the front of it, perfectly roasted, and they all have it done in a different way. And you are probably at the point of stress because you're wondering how to get Thanksgiving perfect because you got all your family coming. My wife and I go through this every year. We uh, By this time of year, I am done traveling. I have had it. I don't want to get on an airplane. I don't want to see an airplane. I just want to be home. I am done. 50-some-odd thousand miles of travel thus far this year for me on Delta. And I'm tired of it. And every year we put on Thanksgiving, and every year we we scramble around for menus and what are we going to have. And uh, for a lot of people, there's a stress of, of, well, maybe this turkey recipe is better than my turkey recipe. Maybe that one's better. 
Oh my God, I'm going to ruin the turkey. Oh, we got to get the turkey. We got to thaw out the turkey. We gotta... Y'all, you set your memories at Thanksgiving and very rarely are the memories for your Thanksgiving about the food. The memories are more often than not about seeing your family and laughing and having a good time, and the food becomes the seasoning for the memories. And so you can recall the seasoning by the familiar smell in the kitchen, and you're going to get that familiar smell, and what I'm trying to tell you is don't sweat the small stuff, and ultimately the cooking is the small stuff. The meal is not what you're thankful for. It is your family around your table that you are thankful for. And it is your good memories and your good times together and weathering the storm together that will ultimately matter. So a great many of you are stressing out today over all the things you got to buy this week and all the sides you have to have. You have to have this pie. You got to have this cake. You got to have this turkey this particular way. It doesn't really matter. Don't make an idol of Thanksgiving meals. Everybody wants something, and there are certain things you know you want. I I want sweet potatoes. I think I want sweet potatoes every day of the week, for that matter. I love sweet potatoes, uh, turkey, and sweet potatoes. Uh, I don't necessarily have to have a pumpkin pie. My chocolate pie is is so fantastic that I would actually rather my chocolate pie than the pumpkin pie. But I'll eat the pumpkin pie. I like the sweet potato pie too. But no one's going to remember next year when you come around at this point that oh. Mom tried the new smoked herbal tea turkey brined in maple. Who cares? You're there to make memories with family, not to be stressed out, sick, and worried over how you're going to impress people. Uh, Make the tried and the true. If you want to experiment, go on and experiment. No one's going to hate you for it. Um, Just don't go like super weird. (laughs) But stop worrying about it. Uh, We all go through this. I go through this every year, and I get it. But just remember, you're thankful for the family. The food is just the seasoning for the memories. It's not the important part. Okay, so now, the oh, here goes my texting phone. The uh, 404-8720-750-1800, WSB-TALK. That's the number. The president is declaring North Korea a state sponsor of terror. Uh, this is a good thing. It is true. They are. They're collaborating with our enemies. They're collaborating uh, based on more and more evidence. It appears with ISIS and others to try to undermine us. They and Iran are working together. Going after North Korea is actually a roundabout way to also go about getting after Iran. Uh, several years ago, we dropped the state sponsor of terror designation on North Korea as part of one of their last shakedowns and President Trump signaling again he's not going to be on the shakedown with North Korea and that is a good thing and that also relates to what's happening in Afghanistan y'all it got very little exposure when Barack Obama was president this is one of those things where the media says yes yes um bad they do lip service to it, but they don't want to harm Barack Obama's legacy. So they they say they can say, well, we covered it, and they buried it in the back of the newspaper or gave it a 15 seconds on the nightly news. The incidents of child rape among the Afghan military are off the charts, and American military personnel in the age of Barack Obama were dissuaded from trying to stop it because of cultural issues. Uh, Donald Trump is turning the clock on that and saying, you know what, uh, do what you can to stop it. 
He's also decided to blow up the poppy fields with B-52s, basically dropping bombs to kill the poppy crop, to stop the, the opioids. Um, the Taliban is making a mint off the opioid crisis in this country and elsewhere, thanks to the sale of poppies. A buddy of mine actually has an interesting idea, though. He thinks instead of trying to kill off the poppy crop, that we ought to be all real politic about it, and we should try to co-op the farmers instead of serving the Taliban, serve us. Harvest the poppies and then fuel the heroin crisis in Russia and Iran. Because, you know, there are some people who think that Russia is helping fuel the opioid crisis in the United States. Yes, there are people who believe that, and they have reasons for believing it. I don't quite understand the reasons myself, but they believe it. And... So this buddy of mine who used to be in the army thinks we ought to do it to them. One way or the other, though, the president is getting serious about stopping the Taliban and destroying the poppy fields is the easiest way to financially hurt the Taliban, who are more and more having trouble raising soldiers, but for the funds for the poppy fields. That's not a bad idea for the president to do. Now, here's what we're going to do. We've also got a terrible story about a Border Patrol agent who was killed. His partner's been injured. I want to bring you up to speed on that as well. The Twitter speech Nazis are out to get conservatives, myself included. Republicans want to cave on the debt ceiling. I've talked to some folks on Capitol Hill, and I'm happy to keep taking your food questions. When we come back, a question about pie crusts, among other things. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Those are the numbers. My policy on cranberries for Thanksgiving, you should know, is I'm anti. Uh, I don't like cranberries. I despise them. Uh, And you know, they're bitter, cranberries are, so you got to add a ton of sugar to them to even make them edible. If you must, if you must have cranberries for Thanksgiving and you don't want the out of the can... Isn't that special? I just did that special effect, sound effect for you. You know, the the just oh that sound it makes as it comes out of the can, and you cut it in perfect slices. Now, if you if you must, uh, get yourself a container of, of cranberries, they're fourteen to sixteen ounces. Combine them with a cup and a half of sugar, a cup of water, two tablespoons of bourbon, a tablespoon of vanilla, and a teaspoon of cinnamon. Bring them to a boil and then simmer them for about fifteen minutes till the cranberries burst and break down, uh, and then you're good. Uh, it'll cool down and it's bourbon, vanilla, cranberries. I just put it on Twitter, E.W. Erickson. You can go find it. Um, but I am very anti-cranberry, just so you know. Let's go back to the phones. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Leslie and Villa Rica, how are you? Hey, Eric. I'm good, except when it comes to making my holiday pies that I've made for years. And I'm always kind of in charge of doing the pies for the holidays, you know, pumpkin, pecan, that sort of thing. All of a sudden, I'm cursed the last year and a half or two. And I don't know what's up. It all falls apart before I can get it in the pie pan. I'm doing the same thing I've done for years, and now it's screwing up. What's my problem? Uh, Okay, let me ask you, do you use shortening or butter for your pie crust? Shortening. Okay. One thing you may want to try is in the past uh, couple of years, uh, the shortening has changed slightly. 
as far as hydrogenation goes. And it actually makes a difference when you're making icings and stuff in terms of crusting for the icings. If you go online and look for baker's shortening, it actually has uh -huh. a higher hydrogenation than your standard Crisco shortening now. Uh, and I've started doing it for buttercream icings because it uh, crusts, gives a sugar crust better. Uh, and I hear that it also will fix your pie crust issues for people who have had similar problems have found that it works. That may be the problem is just the shortening recipe has changed in the last couple of years, largely due to some federal regulations. They've had to change it. How about that? The federal government is responsible for screwing up my pie? <laughs> well, you know, so it, the federal government's been urging people to get out of trans fats and then the hydrogenated oils that go in shortening and stuff, they've required some changes and or they've in they haven't required them i should say um but they've been demanding that bakers and shortening manufacturers and whatnot relabel their ingredients to make them less attractive if they don't change the hydrogenation process and the trans fat issue so you now have baker shortening and regular shortening and it normally doesn't change a lot of things uh, but when it comes to like the sugar crusting that forms in a buttercream or even the flakiness in a pie crust it can affect that to some degree so i I would try that now if you can't find it here's the other thing that you ought to do is substitute uh -huh. half of your crisco uh for a good high fat butter like carry gold okay and make sure you freeze the butter shave it with a grater and do it that way. Um, shave the butter, frozen butter with a grater, but only do half the sh uh, shortening that way. It's 39 after the hour. Uh, I want to go back to what I was just talking about, of all things, uh, pie crusts. Uh, so... He, he, Cooks Illustrated says that there's no difference, but I hear from people all the time that after Crisco reformulated and got rid of trans fats, uh, that their pie crusts don't work quite as well. They're not as flaky. Uh, and I think there's something to that. The federal government has banned trans fats. Crisco and others have remanufactured their hydrogenated uh, vegetable oil products, uh, shortening products to get rid of trans fats. And I would recommend that you at least try to find, and it's called, you can look for it as either baker shortening or high ratio shortening. Sometimes it's called icing shortening because that's what professional bakers use for buttercream. Um, it can retain more, more liquid. It can retain more sugar and it, it makes an impact on your pastries and it makes an impact on your buttercream icings in particular. Uh, but it's called high ratio shortening. The most common brand that most chefs I know recommend is called Sweet X. Uh, sweet and then EX on the end. Uh, or if you don't want to go through that trouble, use a half and half ratio of butter and um, Crisco. Take whatever you would normally use for Crisco, cut it in half, and the ha other half, use butter. Cube your butter, freeze it, and cube it. You want it to be frozen so that it melts in the pie crust uh, in the oven, provides some moisture to give lift to the pie crust, and then the pie crust, when the moisture is gone, contracts and solidifies but stays flaky. That's what you want to do. But high-ratio shortening. 
Maybe we should just turn this into a cooking show. <laughs> 404-872-0750-1-800-WSB-TALK. Those are the numbers. Twitter sent me an email over the weekend. Remember during the, the Virginia election, a man has been elected to the Virginia legislature who is the first trans woman. A trans woman, you will recall, is a man who thinks he's a woman. And he's been elected, and the media is just excited. And they're mostly excited because he beat an evangelical conservative who opposed gay marriage. And they are beside themselves giddy with this guy getting elected. And I tweeted out that night, uh, just another man overshadowing all the women who got elected. I received an email from Twitter this weekend that that tweet may have violated their hateful conduct rules. And they are reviewing it because someone in Germany complained saying that that is hate speech in Germany. And though Twitter may decide that it is not hateful conduct under their new policy, my account may still become inaccessible in Germany if it violates German hate crimes laws. And subsequent to that, I've now received a, an email of the same tweet uh, that someone in France has also complained. The transgender Gestapo is out to get me, and Twitter's played into this. You know, Twitter has what's called verified accounts. People have for years wanted blue check marks. I want a blue check mark on Instagram. That is, that's what I want. Uh, but Twitter has blue check marks. And it used to be that these were people of note, not necessarily celebrities, but people of note. I got one before Borts. <clears throat> and they have verified the identity of the person. To get it, you had to send in your driver's license and whatnot, prove you were you. And Twitter gave you a blue check mark, and all it meant was that you are who you claim to be. Well, then Twitter started assigning blue check marks willy-nilly to, to anyone without really much of a verification process. Now they've gone in a completely opposite direction because they gave a white supremacist a blue check mark. And that horrified people that Twitter, by giving them a blue check mark, must be endorsing their position as opposed to just saying, we verify this person is who he claims to be. So Twitter is now only going to give blue check marks to people whose views it actually does endorse putting them in the position of, of hall monitor and censor. Now, they're a private organization. They can do whatever they want to do. But for a group that is known for being free speech zealots, they're going in the completely opposite direction now and saying they're only going to affirm people who share their political views, which makes you wonder how much longer Twitter is going to be sustainable as they, their leadership and the people they listen to move further and further left. Now, I'm going to tell you my favorite thing to make for Thanksgiving. It's my chocolate pie. And it's actually not my chocolate pie recipe. It's just a uh, tip of the hat to the Pioneer Woman. Because it is the Pioneer Woman's recipe. It is, uh, I have tweaked it slightly. Uh, it is in my book, uh, Before You Wake, which you are more than welcome to buy a copy of by texting the word WAKE to 444-999. You'll be helping my kids Christmas if you order my book, people. <laughs> But it is a wonderful chocolate pie. And here's the thing. It is raw eggs. And I know some people are horrified of the idea of raw eggs. But I was listening to uh, Christopher Kimball on um, uh, a podcast he does. It's actually a, 
uh, NPR show we don't get down here on on our stations. I listen to the podcast of it for Milk Street. He was saying you could go 99 years eating raw eggs or 100 years eating raw eggs, and in those 100 years, maybe once get salmonella, and it would be a mild case probably for which you would not need a doctor. Uh, I don't have a problem with raw eggs. You shouldn't either. They, unless they come straight out of the backyard and you haven't figured out a way to clean them, if you go to the grocery store and get them, that's fine. But um, if you Google just delicious chocolate pie, Pioneer Woman, this sucker comes up. And last year for Thanksgiving, I made this pie. And you're supposed to put it in the refrigerator after you make it. And it never made it to the refrigerator. My entire family devoured the sucker before it could ever get to the refrigerator. And I had to make a second one. It is that good of a pie, and it is just chocolate, butter, sugar, vanilla, and eggs. That's it, and a pre-baked pie shell. I highly recommend it. Uh, it is in my book, and you can also get it from the Pioneer Woman's website. Delicious chocolate pie is what she calls it. I just, if you want a new pie for Thanksgiving, if you're tired of pumpkin or you want something besides pumpkin, this chocolate pie is just the best. I have done it. In fact, I am, you're just going to have to wait a second because this is more important than y'all. I'm screenshotting it and putting this all over the internet to show people that I have done this. I, my friends, have read or at least deleted without reading all of the emails in my inbox. I had more than a thousand I whittled it down to a few hundred, and now I have zero. I feel quite a sense of accomplishment. I really do. You know what else I feel vindicated by? Because some of you were very upset with me for telling you just how terrible the Justice League was, was and uh, it has tanked at the box office because I am not alone in recognizing what a terrible, terrible movie it was. It was disappointing. I mean, you got Batman, you got Superman, you got Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, Cyborg. You should be able to do an awesome movie with this. And it was for naught. And I am so terribly disgusted and disappointed with what they did. And some of you were very upset with me for pointing it out. I got angry emails from people. But I stand by it. It was not a good movie. And you can at least rely on me to tell you exactly what I think about these things, including that it was a terrible movie. Now, before we get out of here, let me burn bridges with the rest of you. <laughs> Y'all, the Al Franken story is not a justification for standing by your man. It is a justification for actually doing the right thing instead of giving cover for them to stand by their man because you're standing by your man. There are not enough people in this country anymore who seem to just want to do the right thing regardless of the cost and consequence. And like I told my kids and pointed out to the president this weekend when he's upset about LeVar Ball, do the right thing and don't expect people to thank you for it. Just do the right thing in politics and in life.